Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today is part three of our conversation with Liz during our live stream podcast recording. Parts one and two, I'll hyperlink to down below in the show notes. This part is all about the Q&A with an emphasis on self-advocacy and how to know if your medical care team is the right fit for you. We have a few more live stream podcasts coming up as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our recording sessions and get a chance to ask questions to me or any of our guests, head over to survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events and you can check all of our upcoming programming. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the conversation. I was wondering what were the um, emotions or thoughts that like ran through your mind when you decided to undergo surgery to remove your ovaries? Like what were some things that like crossed your mind when you were came when you came to that decision or in the moment, what was it that you felt and what did you feel after? Yeah, in the moment, I was just I'm kind of thankful that they finally agreed to take them out. Um, so, you know, that initial was like, okay, awesome. Like, I don't have to do these loop round shots anymore. Great. Like, let's get this over with. A um, few days actually before the surgery, I um, kind of just felt really sad. It was like, I knew I, like, I knew I was done with having kids and, um, but this really made it final, I guess, um, for me. And even though I knew I was done, there was no more children. Um, but I think it just really finalized it almost. So it was kind of sad. Um, and then afterwards it was just, you know, let's move on. Let's, you know, recover, get back to work and move on with life. Um, and now I don't really think about it a whole lot, thankfully. Michael. <laughs> Michael's got a hand up. Yes, Michael. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to ask that, you know, although you had a lot of uh, internal knowledge of how the hospital works, like being a nurse yourself, what advice would you give to someone who isn't part of the healthcare system to get that initiative to get the care that you need? Yeah, I feel like... Um, the key is to like really have care providers that you have a good relationship with. Um, and for me, I mean, I, I don't know the oncology world outpatient um, at all at Mass General. That was all new to me. Um, I was, you know, texting former colleagues to say, who do, who do you recommend I go to? And that's honestly how I picked my care team was off of recommendations. Um, but if from for like even my PCP, if I didn't, you know, jive with them, no hard feelings, but I'm moving on like this is it's not worth being uncomfortable with someone. And like, you have to have difficult conversations with them. So um, really finding someone that you can have those difficult conversations with someone you feel supported by. Um, and you are constantly have to advocate for yourself. If yeah. you don't know, just ask, um, you know, don't do what I did or most people do and go on Google and stress yourself out more. And, um, but just ask those conversations. Like there is no stupid question. 
and I say this to my patients' families all the time, like, I don't expect you to know these things. Um, my Wait, job so you is don't to know why me. you had like your ultrasound first? Like you don't know why you were there I first? For <laughs> uh, the tech, it was just because they messed up. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you need to constantly advocate and ask and I mean, ask those stupid questions. Those are the, the easy answers for the, your providers. Um, and I also was someone that never reached out for like little things. And I just, I don't know, I felt like I was bothering the doctors or whatnot. And, um, but now it's like every ache and pain, I'm like shooting an email saying, Hey, you think this is okay? Or should I get an MRI or, you know, like just little things. And I mean, part of me does feel like I'm bothering them at times because they're little you know, nuisances. But then the other part of me is like, what if it's not? And what if it is something? And I like want to catch it early. So um, yeah, I think just constantly advocating for yourself and finding someone you feel comfortable with. And that's really all you can do. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Sarah? I can just add a little to that because I made it through. Um, actually, I, I don't even recall. I'd have to ask my husband, but I, I think I made it through almost all of my um, chemos, if, if not all of them, um, before finally coming to terms with the fact that I needed to get rid of my oncologist. Um, so I agree with Liz 100%, you know, going with your your gut, your instinct around what connections you're making with your, your team. Um, you know, I kept sort of putting too much pressure on myself that I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Um, when in hindsight, she was, um, often hurting mine and it just wasn't a, a match made in heaven. So, uh, it, you know, it was a hard decision to make, but, um, in the end, I'm very thankful that I now have an oncologist that can continue with me. And when I do bug her about those little things that Liz is talking about, I don't feel bad about it at all. And she does not make me feel bad about it at all. So what were, the, what were the red flags? Like, how did you, how did you know it wasn't a good fit? Uh, so I already am a person who has um, uh, probably before this mild to moderate anxiety. And, um, you know, obviously due to then having, the diagnosis. Um, my anxiety is now pretty, pretty, pretty moderate to severe. Um, and she just didn't know how to handle that. Um, yeah. and am I worried about something, uh, worried about the medication they were putting me on during chemo? Uh, I had very bad reactions to every chemo. Um, she just continuously kept telling me to not worry, you know, Oh, you need to learn to not worry so much. You need to just live life. You need to just all these constant comments at me. And it was sort of, I would come home, you know, or get in the car with my husband, just bawling my eyes out and be, you know, and feeling bad because I was just like, this is who I am. Like, I can't, you know, I'm working on it, but I can't change who I am. Like, this is me trying to deal with having cancer. Um, and I mean, I was hospitalized after my first chemo and I just remember her coming to visit me in the hospital. And one of the first things, you know, she said to me was, well, I'm glad you're in here to be able to get some 
relaxation from, you know, from your family and some rest. And maybe you can, you know, you can think about, um, reflecting on, on not worrying so much and letting me do my job, (gasps) you know? And it was sort of like, what? Like, because I was just asking her question after question after question when she came in to visit and she was just sort of like, you need to chill out, Sarah. You know, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Like, and stupid me, I went another, you know, three months with dealing with her until I finally, I think my sister and my husband were just like, okay, I think we need to find another oncologist for, um, because every, you're going through cancer, you're going through a diagnosis. First off, who doesn't have high anxiety going through this, first of all. And then secondly, to navigate the healthcare system, to try and find even another doctor, like it's, it's hard, right? So it's, it's easy just to say, I'll suck it up and I'll do it for a couple more weeks or I'll do, you know, it's. Yeah, she definitely had, you know, and it might work for some people as I've learned, you know, talking to people, um, you know, some people just sort of want their providers to guide them and tell them what to do. And I'm, I'm sort of more like Liz was saying, you know, I, I advocate for myself and I ask a lot of questions and I ask them why, when they try to tell me you need to do this, well, why explain to me why? Um, and I honestly think she just, she didn't like that. She wanted me to just do everything that she thought was right for my plan. And I didn't agree with everything all the time. And luckily I had the best apology infusion, like chemo nurse ever, because he, he completely um, just backed me on everything as well. So it's, you definitely need to find your right team. (laughs) Yeah. I actually just had this conversation with my dad who was sick and I was like, you need a new primary care. This is ridiculous. Like, like you need a new PCP. And you know, I got them all hooked up with a bunch of doctors at Mass General and appointments made and everything. And he's like, but I just feel like, like really bad. Not like, do I call my PCP and tell him? And I was like, listen, he has 2000 patients. He's not thinking about you. Like, move on. It's not worth it. He hasn't treated you appropriately. And move on. He's not going to be like, Oh, where did he go? You know, just find someone that is going to treat you the right way in the way that you need and that you feel comfortable with and, and move on. Life's too short. I actually, I had a a bad experience. I had deep left reconstruction and I had a bad experience with my plastic surgeon. I wasn't happy. And I worked in medicine for 20 years. I was an ultrasound tech. I did breast biopsies. I mean, I was heavily involved and I knew better and I knew how to advocate for my patients and I didn't advocate for myself. My husband begged me to leave him after I had complications with surgery and we were really not um, happy with the way things were going. And I didn't, um, I didn't stick up for myself and I didn't switch and I should have, I, I wasn't, he didn't treat the complications I had correctly. And it was unfortunate. I'm now with a different plastic surgeon. We've had surgery since, but I'm in a worse situation because I didn't advocate for myself and because I didn't switch plastic surgeons. I was afraid. I said to my husband, you know, what if, what if I go to someone else and things don't work out well, um, then this guy's not going to take me back. Right. So I was afraid and that was stupid. I should have just moved and found a better doctor. My husband begged me. And I, you know, he said, you advocate for your patients and you don't advocate for yourself. What's wrong with you? Um, Easier so, yeah. said than done, right? Like, it's so, 
easy to say yeah, to sure. other people. And then when it's yeah. our turn, we can come up with a million reasons why it's not the right decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So note to anybody, advocate for yourself. Yes. And if you do it. Yes. And if you have any doubts about that, we do meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And there is a group of powerful men and women who are like, we will make those phone calls for you. We will cheer you on. And there's one woman who unfortunately has her meetings every Friday. So after the Thursday calls, she's like, oh God, my oncologist is so mad every time I come in on a Friday because I talk to you guys on Thursday. You guys get me all excited. And then I go in with all my questions and and tell them how it is. So yeah, there's, there's support out there. And it's just great to have a sounding board and just know that, you know, it's, it's not all in our head. These are our realities. And and we're not experiencing this in a silo. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast. If you would like to find out more about our organization and upcoming events and ways to connect, you can find out more by visiting our website at survivingbreastcancer.org. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast is from personal experiences, and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to contact me directly at laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. And of course, we have a couple social media handles you can follow us at as well. For example, survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, as well as our podcast specifically, Breast Cancer Conversations. Until next time, keep on thriving.